0: Canada Conversations is brought to you by Deloitte Canada, helping you navigate the complex challenges your company faces through recovery and enabling you to thrive in the new normal. To learn more, visit Deloitte.ca. Hi
1: everyone, and welcome to the November 20th, 2020 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Lason, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Folks, what's happening at GM Canada is real. Of all the Detroit Three promises of plant upgrades made during the most recent round of contract talks, GM's $1.3 billion pledge is already coming to fruition. There are shovels in the ground, and there is hiring taking place in Oshawa, where plant upgrades will soon lead to the return of truck assembly there. On this episode, we'll get some backstory on how and why pickup assembly returned to Oshawa what's new at the autonomous vehicle test track there, and we'll find out what lies ahead for the company on the retail side in 2021. All that and more when I speak with the president of GM Canada, Mr. Scott Bell, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Scott, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Yeah, it's it's great to be here. Appreciate you having me. No problem. My pleasure. I, I think first, congratulations are in order to to everyone on both sides of that negotiating table. So, um, congrats on avoiding a strike, getting a deal done, bringing some investment to Canada. Uh, all good news for the auto industry. Congratulations.
2: Yeah. No. Thank you. Uh, we couldn't couldn't be prouder. You know, this is uh, this is a big deal. Big investment. You know, billion plus, and uh, in in Oshawa, uh, jobs immediately. You know, having an economic impact immediately the construction crews are there as we speak. So, uh, uh, it's real, it's happening. And, uh, um, you know, we just couldn't be more excited.
1: I want to cut right to the chase. Why the sudden change of heart for Oshawa? What was the business case and and what were the factors that led to bringing truck assembly back to the plant? Because just 10 months ago it it ended.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great, great question. And I'm sure. On, on many uh, minds that certainly have answered it multiple times. So uh, l- let's just be clear we never gave up on Oshawa. We, we always uh, wanted to have Oshawa there. Um, you know, we, we did everything we could uh, to keep that plant um, uh, rethinking its, itself, if you will. So the, the parts business we put in there, which was just starting to gain some momentum here as COVID hit, uh, we're still pumped and energized about what we can do there, both internally and externally. Uh, the mask operation that, uh, we've been building masks for, um, uh, for the Canadians here. We, uh, we made the 5 millionth mask, uh, just this past week. So we, we committed to, uh, to, to 10 million to health Canada here. So, uh, well on our way there, uh, but always in our hearts, we, we felt that if, you know, the company had uh, a problem to solve that uh, Oshawa could become uh, that solution. And this, this story developed, uh, you know, it was a couple of years ago when we made the decision. And as you can imagine, months leading into that, so probably mm-hmm. two and a half years ago, uh, a lot has changed since then. And as you've watched the industry, the, the truck market uh, has done nothing but accelerate uh, we couldn't be happier with the reception of our all new trucks. So, we, if you recall, we were building the old truck in Oshawa. This is, uh, you know, our brand new uh, truck, both light duty, um, is doing extremely well. Our heavy duty has been off the charts. Uh, and COVID, as much as we'd like to think that COVID had a negative impact, which it did on, on the entire industry, uh, as you look at the truck business as a percent of the industry, it has accelerated. So, uh, and not only here, but also in the U.S. So that's consistent across North America, and and for that reason, uh, you know, we needed to amp up our capacity for this new truck, and and uh, you know, we saw the opportunity and we jumped on it. Um, it's a it's as simple as that.
1: So, so when did discussions about bringing truck assembly back to Oshawa begin? Did they start? before Labor Day, which is typically when contract talks, you know, really ramp up or was it something that developed late in the talks? I'm just curious um, uh, to how such a big development and such a massive commitment came to be in about a, a year's time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've been going on, um, uh, for probably more than a year internally, we've been having this conversation, right? You talk about capacity, uh, do we need more? Do we not need more? We'd made a huge investment when we brought the new truck to market in, in, in multiple plants. We have three plants that support that truck, uh, right now. And, and, uh, uh, as the business kept getting better, uh, and certainly the performance of the new truck got stronger, um, you know, it became evident that we needed, uh, to, to find a way to improve our capacity and, and and Oshawa sat there as a, as a solution. So as Canadians, you know, we we kept bringing them uh, opportunities in Detroit to consider uh, Oshawa as, as one. And and um, you know, certainly then as we got into the labor deal, uh, that was a piece of the puzzle. So the negotiations uh, solidified the fact that we could we could make that pencil. And and here we are. Hence, the construction's already started. This is not something we just dreamed up a few weeks ago. This has been going on for quite some
1: time. Uh, what does the truck assembly in Oshawa mean for the Canadian supply chain? Is it the Canadian supply chain that delivers parts to that plant or are those parts coming from, from elsewhere? I'm just trying to get a picture of what it might mean a little more broadly. in And yeah, you no, know, that that's, that's a great question. Cause in the past, Oshawa is creative
2: as they've been, we've been there, uh, if you recall, we did some equinoxes back in the day. We were shuttling bodies from from Cami. Uh, we did some uh, K two, our older truck, our last gem truck. Uh, we did we shuttled bodies from Fort Wayne. So we've we've been very creative in how we've been putting things together in Oshawa for quite some time. This is a full blown investment. So this is a building a body shop. So this is unique in the sense that uh, we are going to build our own bodies and. Um, you know, we're serious about having this flexibility and capacity for quite some time here. So, well, that's where, you know, the, the, the billion plus comes from is, is really that massive investment in the body. So what that will do to the supply chain locally is, is, you know, it's going to have quite an impact. I mean, if you uniform says it's like seven to one kind of job ratio, uh, yep. whatever it is, it's, it's in that ballpark. It's going to be, it's going to be significant.
1: Are the trucks that are going to be made in Oshawa, are are they destined for anywhere other than North America? And if so, where else are they shipped, if that's the case? Uh,
2: You know, our truck business is, we do do trucks. Nobody does trucks like Canada or the U.S., that's for sure. Uh, But we've got trucks that we do in the Middle East. We've got trucks that we do in Mexico. We're we're, we're exploring trucks globally, but for the most part, uh, these trucks will be destined for Canada and uh, just through the, you know, proximity and then uh, likely the U S. But if we need variants um, that meet some of those other criteria, we certainly want to have the flexibility uh, to do that.
1: And what happens if the market for trucks softens, what does that mean for Oshawa? Well, I don't, I, uh,
2: (laughs) we, we, it's hard to say that that's a possibility, but I guess if we were going to go out there and speculate, um, we feel very good about OshawA because we're trying to make Oshawa flexible uh, you know we're we're looking to try to flex from body styles, we're looking to flex uh, cab types. Um, you know we we think Oshawa is going to be in uh, probably one of the best positions uh, of any of our plants uh, going forward. so feel really good about where Oshawa will sit once we get that body shop in place.
1: I mean, that's Oshawa's history, right? It it was a massive, sprawling assembly plant for years. It it built everything from from cars to trucks, uh, you know, uh, different uh, badges as well, not just GMC or not just uh, Chevy. Um, It was a real cog in the company's production machine. Um, Now it's down to just trucks for now. Uh, What are the long-term plans for GM Oshawa? Is it additional products, multiple assembly lines, um, as it had in the past? Yeah, well... (laughs) We're going to fill the place up pretty quick here. So uh, uh,
2: like I mentioned, the parts business is still there. So we we built that. The mask operation is still there. So we'll continue to run that as long as as Canada needs us to do that. The government needs our help. Uh, If you haven't been to the plant property property lately, I'd encourage your uh, listeners to drive past it. You'll see on the south end of the plant, we invested. So part of when we um, stopped production there. We, we put $170 million into the plant facility. Part of that was the, the parts business, but the other piece of that was a 55 acre test track. It's yep. on the very south end of the plant. And this is, uh, you know, our CTC, our, our uh, Canadian technical center with our engineering team in Oshawa. And we have an engineering team in, in Markham. Actually, we have the largest engineering automotive engineering and software team uh in canada that's that's housed around the oshawa area and that test track is is there so uh you know we're i think we're solidifying our place more uh than ever uh in in oshawa so we're we're feeling really good about our footprint um and what we're going to be able to do with it moving forward
1: where are you at in terms of that test track right now is it open and testing things is it still under construction i'm just wondering for an update as to where that stands
2: <laughs> yeah that's uh, our engineers want it like yesterday of course <laughs> uh, as you can imagine they're they're trucking their products and their technology that they're developing right in markham and in oshawa they're 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 taking it to michigan to our proving grounds in milford and and so so this gives them a chance to do that at at home so the, the final touches, the paving's finally done. The guardrails, all the technologies there, the Wi-Fi capability, all that is is done. The, the office building is done. Um, it's weather dependent now, so we're hoping uh, to get a few cars out there before the end of the year to just give it a, a good trial run. But uh, it's slated to be in full full motion here as as the weather breaks into the spring. But if we get those weather breaks you know, early on, we'll
1: take every bit we can now that we've,
2: the investment is there. So it's, 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 it's happening
1: as we speak. We'll hear more from Scott Bell after this short
0: break. The COVID-19 pandemic has had an unprecedented impact on the world's population and economy. Social distancing and self-isolation measures have taken consumers out of the auto retail market, while concern over worker safety continues in manufacturing facilities globally. An increasingly distressed supply base is facing the potential for large-scale liquidity issues which may lead to increased M&A activity throughout the ecosystem. Significant uncertainty remains around the permanence of current consumer behaviors and the extent to which they will be able to re-engage with the sector. Through Deloitte's State of the Consumer Tracker series, we discuss timely data and trends and highlight key consumer insights. We also explore how behavioral preferences take shape over time to allow businesses to make strategic decisions in this dynamic market environment. The ongoing survey results are also available via an interactive dashboard, the Deloitte Global State of the Consumer Tracker. Check in every two weeks to explore new consumer insights and emergent trends.
1: Welcome back to the show where I'm speaking with Scott Bell, the president of GM Canada. With so much focus on electrification right now, not just at GM but in the industry as a whole, and the pandemic's thrown some monkey wrenches into the mix into the, some development, I just wonder where GM is at in development of autonomous vehicles and the use of that track, um, and what's Canada's role overall in GM's development of autonomous vehicles.
2: Yeah, so um, so autonomous and electrification certainly both big uh, in in our vision to you know create a world where. You know, we got zero crashes and zero emissions and and zero congestion. That is that's that's the that's kind of our mantra as we move forward. And and Canada plays a significant role. That engineering uh, team is involved in in all of those things. As you can imagine, um, the technology that's required, whether it's electric or uh, autonomous, um, you know, we've done a lot of work in the autonomous space in California. Uh, northern california with our 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 cruise um, relationship there the uh uh, cold weather is going to play a role in the next phase of that and now that we have a test track here uh in canada that'll that'll or in oshawa that'll give us an opportunity to to start to put uh, that to to test uh of course Um, we also have our cold weather testing facility up in Capus casing um we really want to test something in you know, the cold environments, we'll be able to move things up that way. So, so the team, the engineering team in both Oshawa and in Markham, uh, 800 plus engineers uh, are, are involved in that uh, technology development. It's the whole reason why we built our engineering uh, uh, location in Markham was to get access to some of the most talented software developers in the world, right? We are... This is only this is our our second largest team, um, our first being in in Michigan, but um, and like I said, the largest in in Canada for any OEM. So uh, we're really taking advantage of that, and and they are playing a role in every aspect of of electrification and autonomous going forward.
1: Uh, GM says the investment in in Oshawa, and I'm quoting now, is, is part of a larger strategy to transform the company and its commitment to an electric future. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So, so our commitment to electrification,
2: um, you know, hopefully doesn't need a whole lot of explanation, but if you, you look at, you look at what we're doing with battery technology, right? So first and foremost, you know, we've, we've got to be better than anybody else. We've partnered with LG cam. We've got a, a plant that we're, we're building, constructing as we speak. Um, we've we've uh we've invested in our own uh drive trains. So Ultium is the battery, Ultium drive is our is our drive trains. We wanna provide a, a, a drive capability from front wheel drive, the all-wheel drive, the four wheel drive to you know performance and then off-roads. So we can do what we envision an EV for everyone, right? We can build anything from a a, a small utility uh, crossover to all the way to a, a super truck like what we just uh revealed with with uh with Hummer. So that that that's that's that is the machine that's already working with dedicated three plants to do that. So that is all in in action. At the same time, as we all know this, the the industry is, you know, three percent of the industry in Canada's EV and two percent in, in the US is EV. So so this is gonna take some time, the, we've gotta get the consumer to start to see all the goodness that comes from, from an electric vehicle. But during that time, we're going to have to have a transition. And oh, by the way, we've, we've, I think we've gone public here with, you know, we're spending $20 billion here by 2025 on electrification. um, Whether that's in the, you know, 20 new models by 23 or all the battery and powertrain configurations that I just told you about that, that requires funding, right? So we've got to, we've got to continue to run the core business uh, and and fund the future and the Oshawa investment is us taking full advantage of you know one of the most profitable segments if not the most profitable segment in the industry and, and making sure we get everything we can out of that and give Canadians and and, and others what they want to drive while we're while we're ramping up the electrification side so is a big big piece of that that was
1: So does this commitment to electrification, um, including the possibility, well, the reality now with with Hummer of electric trucks, um, does this mean that there could be or will be electric vehicles assembled in Oshawa at some point? Yeah, I I would never say never, as we've never said never about anything in Canada, right? We
2: are on a mission to to make Canada the place um, uh, for all that we do. Um, but right now, as, as you know, we've, we've made the commitments to the three plants uh, already in the U.S. We've got the battery and technology plant. We're also seeing the supplier community. We talked about that a little bit and what that meant in the Oshawa investment. The supplier community in Canada is is quite significant, and they are reaping the benefit of this electrification as well. So the um, although the assembly isn't happening here just yet, the the we we envision or have seen the data to support over $200 million uh, of opportunity for Canadian suppliers uh, by 22. And as we accelerate the portfolio, we see that doubling uh, by, by 24. So it's the the Canadian machine is already working um, as, and I've mentioned our, you know, our whole engineering footprint and, and we're actually—we just made a commitment to hire three thousand more engineers company-wide, and and so the eight hundred that we have on the ground here in Canada uh, will be growing that population too. So, so yeah, I, I have a lot of focus on assembly as as our competitors have made some announcements that down the road they will eventually build uh, electric vehicles here in Canada. You know, our investment is real, and and the benefits of what Canadians are getting from that is is real when it's happening today.
1: Uh, I want to address some of the, the news of the day, if you will. I'm just curious what a Joe Biden presidency uh, does to or for the uh, Canadian auto industry and auto assembly.
2: Um, yeah, it's, uh, we obviously were prepared for however this election would have gone in the U.S. and, and, and different strategies play out in, um, you know, with different candidates, but I, I definitely, um, you know, the key to Canada's success is having harmonization with the U.S., right? The, the minute that we get off track in Canada and start doing things that are not um, cohesive with what the U.S. is doing, it becomes difficult for any manufacturer uh, to justify the expense of having different variants to meet different regulation, if you will, um, across borders so so we're we're optimistic about you know keeping that synergy here um, it won't come without a lot of work uh, but uh, and we certainly you know uh, governments are very supportive the Canadian government as well um, in in this vision of a zero emissions kind of future uh, and certainly we think we've positioned ourselves very well in that and uh, you know looking forward to kind of working together hopefully, um, you know uh, in a nice cohesive way uh, border to border across borders here that uh, um, you know we can change the change the future together
1: does the new USMCA does that make Canada a little more attractive um, to automakers and, and even the supply chain as making Canada a place to invest in maybe be on uh, a little more equal footing with uh, all three countries in the region I just wonder how that plays out yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I think you saw that play out in the in the labor uh, negotiations here, and the investments that we see in Canada. It certainly um, isn't a deterrent, so that's a great thing. And uh, um, like I said, anytime we can keep that that synergy uh, across the continent here, um, it's just it's better for Canadians. It's just going to be better. It's better for consumers and what they'll get to be able to choose from and drive and it's better for the economy as, as investments come. Uh, There's, there's some great opportunity here in Canada.
1: Uh, I want to talk retail before uh, we end this, obviously uh, dealers lost weeks worth of sales uh, this year due to the pandemic, given all that's happened in the last seven or eight months or so, how would you assess GM Canada's retail performance to date this year?
2: Yeah, uh, I would, (laughs) I would put it in the, uh, uh, very impressive, almost uh, remarkable um, just in what our dealers have been able to do uh, navigating uh, the pandemic. As you mentioned, um, almost out of business uh, immediately uh, and, and trying to figure out what they were going to do with their teams and cons- customers. and But very quickly, they figured that out. I think we did everything we could to help. Um, we're very proud of, you know, we've got the largest dealer network in the country. So we've got 450 General Motors dealers, coast, to coast, coast. And, uh, you know, we couldn't be uh, happier with, with how they've been able to navigate and, and perform. Uh, we've gained some market share here. So that's been a good thing. So we are getting our unfair share of what's out there to be had. Uh, you know, volume's still down, but uh, uh, for the most part, dealers are finding a way to the, to hang on to some profitability and, and stay afloat here. They've adapted uh, their retail model um, and, and in, in the service lane as well to, you know, uh, COVID friendly activities, touchless, uh, lots of re reimagining what the retail experience can be. And, and I think that's going to stay with us. That's not going anywhere. Right. So, and I think the dealers realize that and they found more efficient ways to run their operation. And, um, uh, but we got to stay after it. This is, uh, COVID's one thing, but, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't think the world's going back. So these expectations are set. And, uh, uh, as we come out of uh, the pandemic, uh, I think a lot of it will stick. And, and that's what we got to be partnered together to do. And ultimately what we see is our dealers giving us the competitive edge in the electric um market right so electrification consumers are going to need to make that leap at some point they're going to go and when they go they're going to want to make sure that they've got a dealer to support them in the background in case they should need anything so that that peace of mind is what we believe is our competitive advantage and uh, we're going to work feverishly here with our dealers uh, to make sure we do that better than anybody together and and be ready for this new portfolio. That's going to hit very, very soon.
1: What is the feedback you're getting from Canadian dealers when it comes to GM's electrification plan? Are they on board? Do, do they give you feedback that yes, people want this. I just wonder what the feeling is like out there in the retail space. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It varies a little bit by province, (laughs) as you can imagine, by by cities in some
2: cases and and dealers are dealers. God love them. Uh, They, uh, you know, I would say there's everything from the, I'm all in to the, what are you doing? Right. So we said <laughs> to be real, that's, 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 that's a real conversation. Uh, but as time goes on and as, as the momentum starts to build and the energy and the conversation is changing in the marketplace, uh, they see, they see where it's headed. Uh, I, I think some are more eager to get there than others. Uh, but even in the Prairie's, uh, you know, eventually they're going to, they're going to see this, this demand too. And I, I think for the first time, they're really starting to believe that. And uh, uh, it'll take us longer to migrate to the center of the country, probably, but uh, the Quebec's will lead the way uh, the Vancouver's and, 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 and Ontario, and, and we'll ultimately uh, get this. But I, I mean, I, I would be, um, you know, to be honest that we definitely have a wide variety of conversations, but Sure. I would say the, the fear of it going or happening is, is, is beyond them. And and now they're getting into, what do I got to do to win here?
1: Right. So uh, we'll end on this. How do you see 2021 playing out for GM Canada and its dealers? I mean, the, the manufacturing side of things seems to be pretty sewn up with the new contracts. I just wonder how you see 2021 from a retail standpoint.
2: I couldn't be more excited about 2021. Okay. So let's uh, assuming that we can get COVID somewhere behind us, you know, sooner than later in, in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the upside for us is, is, is phenomenal. Um, the momentum we're building in the marketplace, what our dealers have been able to do. Uh, we've had a lot of distractions over the last couple of years. Um, and, and it's going to be good to put those behind us. I think the dealers would love to have some clear air if, uh, if, like I said, it's going to be COVID is going to kind of be the the telltale here. But if we could put COVID behind us, our portfolio, new you know Trailblazer and Encore GX up to the new full size utilities. The trucks have been phenomenal. Just need more, and and we're working on that. Um, obviously, things like Corvette have been off the charts, and we'll un- unveil some some new electric vehicles here, a new Bolt and a Bolt EV and twenty two. So. Uh, uh, lots of optimism and and i think uh um we're ready for some right it's time
1: yeah the word optimism you hit it uh, on the head with that 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 seems to be where we're at in canada now with the uh, manufacturing side of automotive and retail still looks pretty good despite the pandemic um scott uh all the best um really appreciate you joining me on the show today tons of insight uh i wish you luck uh in 2021 Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been great to be here. We reached Scott at his home office in the GTA. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.